Okay, good evening everybody. So, we're up to the seventh parak, which is Tiferes. Which is Tiferes. Um, which, which is like splendor, beauty, truth. So, how does a person come to emulate the attribute of Tiferes? Now, Yaakov Avinu was called Tiferes. Now, Yaakov uh, was the, the example of Ishtam Yeshiv Aholim, person who sat and learned Torah. Tiferes Kabbalistically refers very often to Torah, and therefore the Ramak focuses on partially on, on Torah study. In Suffolk, Shemisa Tiferes, that the ultimate midah of Tiferes, of truth, of glory, is Isaac Matarah, is for a person to be involved in Torah study. Abnam, he doesn't focus on the actual Torah study, but he talks about the, the, the a prerequisite in a, in a, in a, um, a, uh, a continued concern on how a person says Torah. Amatzarach Zahirus G'daylah a person has to be very careful, very, very careful that they should not become haughty when they're learning Torah. They shouldn't cause, a, a, you know, a, a, a great harm. In particular, uh, a person who has Torah study and involved in Torah, there's the expectation for humility is that much greater. In fact, it says in Perak Yavos, the sixth Perak, that when a person does study Torah, should be malbashto, anavavir, they should be cloaked with humility and fear of Hashem. On the contrary, the, the more a person imbues themselves with Torah and Torah study, the more they should see Hashem, be in awe of Hashem, and be humble and realize that everything that they have and everything that they are is is due to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the contrary, a person who believes and focuses on themselves and excludes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the focus becomes them and their honor and their greatness, um, such a person it actually takes away from him. I saw that the Mashkich from Lakewood, or Matzel Salman, this is it's, it's a little bit long, but could I to read? Um, it says the following thing. It says, Ma'achar umidas that since the character trait of, of Tiferes is this Torah study, you want to know what blocks, what's a hindrance to Torah? It's a person who, be, who, who becomes arrogant. You know, if you ever, I had a professor in law school, um, the guy was, had written many books, uh, he was uh, was a world famous professor. Had taught in Yale and Stanford and Berkeley. Besides, in Penn, the man was the most arrogant buffoon. I learned the least in my whole law school. All of the classes, his class, he, he just would talk about himself the whole day long, uh, and you can never ask a question on him. If you asked a question on him, you felt like, "How dare you? <laughs> Who are you to ask a question on me?" Right, that's how you taught, really. Um, but but it, it took away from everything, you know. And, and the truth is, when you meet 
G'dayli HaTorah, great Torah sages, their greatness is their Anava, that feeling around them, everything comes from Hashem. And he quotes Rabbeinu Yaina, the author of the Shari Tshuva, who says the following thing, Lovaikia Gaiva, Goremes Chatayin, this is in Shar Aleph, um, not just that Gaiva, that arrogance, causes a person to sin. It means when a person's arrogant, they will, their ben adam lamakum, where they treat Hashem, will be their own focus, will be about, about themselves, and they'll make errors. And certainly, with other people, they will, they can, how they treat them, and how they act to them, and how they think about them, could be off. Hamida, um, uh, it, the Gaiva itself, arrogance itself, is a sin. Why? Because uh, it says in, in Mishlein Proverbs, To Amas Hashem Kol Hashem is a, a, a person who is an arrogant, is, a, is abominable to Hashem. We know that an arrogant person focuses on themselves and forgets about Hashem. And Rabbi continues, And Abal Gaiva will end up following to 38 Sahara, ki ein ezer Hashem. They'll have no siyata deshmaya. They'll have no divine help since their actions are abominable. Vibalt, since their actions, since their life is abominable, they will lack siyata deshmaya. Says the Mashiach HaLeikov, Arrogance is an abomination. It's much disgusting. When someone's disgusting, Hashem can't bear that. Therefore, he distances himself from a person who's arrogant. And a person who's distanced from Hashem is Moser, is given over to the hand, to the Yetzirah, and because he lacks Hashem's siyat and Hashem's help, so to speak. The Fiza and Pela. Uh, and therefore, he says, Matzah says, we find some of the people learn a lot and they're, they're not successful because they're lacking divine blessing. Hashem is not helping because of, the, because of their arrogance. Um, and he actually says a, a remarkable thing, that the stipler, the stipler was passed away, I believe in 1984, uh, was with a Hador, who was the brother-in-law of the Chazoyim Ish, who was one of the leaders of the Torah Judaism of the, past, of the 20th century in Israel. He was the father of today's leading Godel, Reb Chaim Kanyevsky, the disciples of Yisrael Yankov Kanyevsky, uh, and he said the following thing. He says, how come that sometimes you find young students who everyone looks at, they're so smart, they're so great, and they're going to be great G'daylam, and nothing comes from them. So why is that? So the disciples said the following thing. said, because people tell them, you're great. You are so smart. And, he, and, and there's a word called Eloi. You're brilliant. And it gets to their head. And when they think they're so great, they actually believe it. And when they believe it, then they lack Siyat because they become Toeva. They become abominable. And if they lack Siyat they never achieve what they could achieve uh, in this world. And therefore, a person has to realize that with Torah especially, the bar is higher, because you're misguided, you're you take away from your ministry first. Rock, Torah is, if you disguise, you lose your Torah. 
you will lose your, your, your divine assistance to really be a Torah scholar and to connect the Torah if you're arrogant. When you, when you, when you, when a person views themselves as a receptacle for Hashem's wisdom, and he does not view himself better than other people, which will pick up uh, later on, uh, it, she, then a person, the Torah can come down, and he will, he will, it will, it will go through him. For the Matimitiferis, we're not going to get to it today, but there are four spheres below Tiferis. Um, and if a person takes Torah correctly, then the Torah spreads to these other character traits, which we'll elaborate on in future weeks. But 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 again, there are three things, there are three prerequisites, and it's amazing. To, you know, in the secular world of academic. Uh, there's no, on the contrary, some, as I mentioned, some of the, the, the most prominent academics, intellect, intellectuals, in France you have intelligentsia, you have the, intelli- the philosophers, right, you know, so to speak, they're the most arrogant people in the world. And they, they, they truly, the word elitist, it goes to them. They think they're better than others, they, 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 they you know, uh, they, they, uh, you know, one of the, the famous line is the masses are donkeys. Oh, you can, they don't say donkeys, it rhymes with masses. You know, that's how they view the masses. And in fact, a lot of people um, who are involved in these, you know, think tank, elitist, university academics, they really view their role to change the world because they know they know the best. And with Torah, of course, G'day Torah are keenly aware of their who they are and what the responsibility is to the generation. Uh, we're about to have Purim. Obviously, Mordechai, you know, for the begin in the beginning of the Megillah, was not looking for a popularity conscious. He did things which were unpopular, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he realized that he was a, the leader, a, one of the main leaders of the Jewish people, and he had to take a stand against people going to Achashverosh's party about bowing to Haman, even though, so to speak, people viewed him as endangering the Jewish people. Just Mordechai, can't you just chill out, go to the party, drink, enjoy? What are you causing? Bow to Haman. What are you making such a big deal? We're, we're in Gullus, Persia, right? You know, like today, people have to assimilate to an America. Mordechai heard the same message, and Mordechai, you're in danger. Don't you just realize the base of the temple was destroyed only 70, actually not at that time, 50 some odd years ago, and look what you're doing 60 years ago. Uh, Mordechai, stop it already. Why did Mordechai decide to take the stand? He knew who he was, he knew who he was, but his dealings with others and his feeling with Hashem was that, he, yeah, Hashem endowed him with potential and greatness. But it's all from Hashem. Therefore, Rishayna, Miskayal Tamir, if you have a teacher, a, a, a Gadol Rebbe, who's Miskayal, looks to lord over his students, that is far from Torah. Shatiferes, the Torah, is Miskayavis Alamal Netzach. Again, Netzach Hoydisoid are the means below. Shemlimude Hashem Tamidiatiferes. Person has to be mashbul atzmo umalamdam be'ava. 
to lower yourself, to teach again, even if it's below your, 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 a good teacher teaches students at their level. Um, you know, in the, in an elementary school, you have a certain amount of babysitting and, and motivating and a good teacher doesn't feel, oh, I have to teach. He looks to teach and the way they teach is by patience and understanding and looking and appreciation and to someone who is to lower themselves to, to teach. With love. We know we say in the morning in Birchas Hatera, we should be Ba'ava, right? The Brach of Ahava Rabba before Shema. We, we, we look to, to learn to teach with love, and the way we teach with love is a certain humility that, that creates love. Therefore, a teacher, a, a Torah teacher, whether it's a rabbi of a synagogue, whether it's a big sage teaching the masses, whether it's a, a Rebbe teaching younger children, whether it's a person in a Magid Shir in a yeshiva, a person should know whether it's a parent teaching a child Torah. Teach them according to their ability to absorb. It will come in the in the right way that that's proper for them. Shane. So the first thing is a, the first thing of, is that a teacher prerequisite should teach with love and humility. Number two is for Torah scholars or anyone is a miskayel b'teroso al ha'ani umavaza oiso. Um, that you can actually now it sounds like a weird weird usually Torah scholars at tzaddikim, but with an ani, sometimes you know even today, you look at a poor person as, so to speak. Actually, tonight I'm an example. Tonight, now this person, I saw a guy tonight, and I never saw this person before. Um, I, I'm assuming he had somewhere on the spectrum because the way he looked a little bit, but his shirt, I never saw this guy before. I never too many, not too many people like Chicago. I've seen like like this. But this guy had like food all over his shirt, slovenly. You know, unkempt. Um, yeah, you could look at him like, Ugh. like, or, or sometimes like I remember, you know, why can't you get a good job? Why can't you support yourself? Or what's your problem? Like, you know, it, figure it out, my friend. This is not how you. This is not how you act, right? So sometimes when when a person has Torah, like, everything to them should be simple. This is not the way you act, and like, you know, the, therefore there's it could be even a it's hard to look down on people who are. Who are, who, are, who are poor and, you know, nebuchadnezzar, so to speak, because you feel like, well, what, why? Like, what's this? And there's a famous story of Shem Menelazar. She had Gemara Makis. put the Gemara over here. The Gemara, actually, Gemara and Titus. The Gemara says the following thing, that Shem Menelazar was one of the Gedele, the son of, uh, uh, Shem Menelazar was a Tamar Rimer. He once was learned a lot of, sorry, let's see if I can quote the Gemara. Right. Here's the the says that he was riding on he was riding on his Hayrachov al Hamor Metal Svasnar, the Samach Simukh Gdelo. He was very happy, he had been very productive in his Torah study. 
The Gemara says in Tainus, that at some level he felt good, he had a very strong self-esteem. I'm an accomplished person. Then Eliyahu Hanavi, one of the, he was a great person, and, and because he was a great person, Eliyahu wanted to make sure to steer him on the proper path. Eliyahu Hanavi came to him in a dzmus, in the figure of an oni, of a pauper, who is mechuyer, was disgusting, unkempt, slovenly, dirty, disgusting, probably smelled, you name it. Amal Shalom Aleicha Rabbi. Shalom Aleicha Rabbi. He says, Shalom to Rabbi. So he didn't answer him. Um, and, then, and then he made a comment like, How? You look so disgusting. Take care of yourself. Like, look at you. You know? Um, so this Ani, when, when, so when Shimon bin Allah said this Ani, the Omerla, you think I look disgusting and solemnly? Go tell it to your creator, because this is how I was created. Right? Go tell this to your creator. Ramazlo, and what he was, was telling him is just don't don't think you're so great. This is how I'm created, and this is your how you're created. Think about it, then we'll go on that. That he, the Yeshimelas realized he was apologetic to him, and he kept apologizing, kept not forgiving him. He got to his town, people gave him honor, and this Ani said, um, "Why are you honoring him? He humiliated me." It was really Eliyahu Navi, uh, and he apologized, and they said to forgive him, and he forgave him. And then Yeshimelaser goes ahead and darshans, gives a, a drasha about how a person should always, always be humble. Um, but there is a Yitzhar, and this by the time of the Torah, and a person has accomplishment, and Torah is the greatest accomplishment. You know why Torah is the greatest accomplishment? When a person has Torah, they have this world, and they have, more importantly, eternity. They have, the, you know, at some level, existentially, whatever a person accomplishes in this world is not totally fulfilling because it's temporal by nature. But if a person has Torah, they have Nitzchis, they have eternity. If a person is cognizant and aware of that, they can feel geschmack. They can feel good about themselves. They can actually, you know, and, and you can look at people who like, why are they doing these things? Right? So Eliyahu had to be mochiachem. Why is this? And why is the person who has to lose Torah? Again, if you if you can be Aaron to Ani, you are good of in Shemayim, so to speak, that the Midas to go off. And if you're and if you treat the poor and those who have less than you and those who are less than you with, with, with proper dignity, therefore, uh, you, you'll, you'll bring the, the, the sequence of events. So again, he collects the Kabbalistic reaction for Anibod. Uh, this Yisoyed, which is the lower, the ninth of the Midas, again, the scale of Kabbalistic, will be in its proper pace. Which means to say that if a Torah scholar is, is, treats the poor and those who are less than them properly, it will connect things in its proper place. And on the same note, Shlishis, now this is serious stuff. You have to understand... In the time of 
it happens to be, by the way, if you would have been alive 200 years ago, 97 to 98%, let's say, of Europe, forget Africa, of Europe was illiterate, okay? 90, the Jews were almost 100% illiterate, but most of Europe was illiterate. Um, let's say 300 years ago for sure. Uh, historically, you know, most people went to work at very, very young ages. They'd go to work somewhere between 9 and 15. And when they went to work, they didn't have all of the modern-day technology like we had today. Uh, they typically worked all the daytime hours. They didn't have lights at night like we have today. Uh, if you had to get clothes, you had to wash your clothes. I mean, everything was very, very time-consuming. And it was certainly possible for a person to live a life consumed about with daily living, right? You know, we're not teaching the Renaissance here, but when, so to speak, wisdom would come to Europe, it was during the Renaissance. The Renaissance was focused on a few areas where they had excess wealth. The populations, for in Italy, actually, the largest cities in Europe in the 16th century were primarily in early like Florence, Venice, these kind of cities, uh, where they had where they had large amounts of people to do lots of work with nobles and rich people supporting a few, so to speak, intelligent people uh, to embrace the arts and, and things of that sort. The Jewish people always had a very scholarly class. Um, and Torah study was always the apex, the, the focus. However, the majority of people, again, would go to work at very young ages Today, if you're from, if you're religious, every Jewish kid, Baruch Hashem, today goes to yeshiva, to day school. Most actually Orthodox kids, the norm today is the boys and girls go through, all the way through Hosky, boys will continue to learn yeshiva. For several years, many of the boys will learn beyond that before they go to work. Uh, and the girls will go to your seminary afterwards. That was not the case until very recently. Uh, that means that that's the norm for orthodoxy. It, it used to be the elite continued in their studies, and the elite were comprised largely of the smartest, most diligent students, and the masses would go to work. And many of them would start very, very young, and many of them would therefore starting work at a young age and not being in a having ever going to, gone to school, essentially, be totally Jewishly illiterate. Not a history class right now. That's how certain things historically, why certain Jews went off the track, because as long as there was a strong, cohesive system, that could work. The minute there were external pressures or forces, so that large underbelly of Jews who don't know a lot um, could easily get lost. By the way, not so recent history, or not so distant history, excuse me, uh, there were many Jews who came from Shtetlach in Galicia, in Ukraine, which is certainly in the news today, Russia, uh, parts of Poland and Hungary, who came to America, Romania, who came to America, they were coming totally religious to the United States of America, and they were from Shtetlach. They were not learned people, they were products of a shtetl, and when they came to America, they lost it. And again, there were tremendous pressures uh, in the 1880s, 90s, 1910s, 1920s because it was 
in industrial revolution with very little protections for workers, that there was um, an imbalance in, in lots of ways, way more than today, by the way. Uh, there were very few protections for workers. There, was, there were blue laws on Sundays, which meant you couldn't work on Sundays, so they forced you to work on Shabbos. Saturday, you wanted to get a job, you had to work on Saturday. There was very little wealth in the Jewish community, and that wealth that was in the Jewish community was primarily the German reform community, who were not necessarily helping Jews keep Shabbos or kosher. Um, and many things I lost, but, but it wasn't just that the pressures, is that their religiosity, their Torah, their, their, their was not built off knowledge as much as osmosis. And therefore, in the times of the Talmud, when it was, the whole society was agricultural, right? After the Industrial Revolution in the 1880s, they would go to work in the fields. Most people, the vast majority of the Jewish people, if you would have lived 2,000 years ago, were working in the fields, okay? And, you know, they were making, they were Jaffa oranges or whatever they were doing, 2000, right? And there were, there were, many of them were very illiterate. Therefore, says the Ramach, if you are, uh, you are haughty over the ignorant. Now, Amaharetz means the nation of land. People whose focus is not Shemayim, not wisdom, not the heavens, not fear of God, but the land. They're, they're focused on their potatoes and pineapples and everything else. By the way, today, for those in Silicon Valley, would be focused on Google and Apple and Intel and programming. That's their whole life. All around. Shuklal um, Amashem. And a person is arrogant over them, even though they're part of the Jewish nation. Again, it goes off the Kabbalistic train, which is, first, does not go to the Malchus, which is a receptacle for this world. Um, uh, a person, a, a true tzaddik, my father told me, he grew up in the Lower East Side, um, he, he was merited to learn the yeshiva, to see very often the greatest sage, uh, he was Gadol in, in the 50 years ago, Ramesha Feinstein, he said at Ramesha's table, you had all of the paupers, not the learned of the Lower East Side, Ramesha was a tremendously humble person, and appreciated every Jew for who they are. Because just, I just, you know, just on, I, I, there are many Sfarim, I'll just say very briefly, who point out that, and this is the reason, why, one of the reasons we always have to be humble, you know, you can never judge anyone or look down at anyone. Ramosha Feinstein himself grew up in a home where his father was a tremendous Torah scholar. Uh, it, where he was, he was given a very high IQ. So, did Ramosha Feinstein pick the home he was born into? Answer: No. Did he pick his IQ level? No. Did he pick who his teachers would be as a young kid? No. Now he used all of that, and he became the Galo Hador, the greatest posek. But who knows? Had this person at his table, who was born in 1918. To in, in New York uh, or New Jersey to Joe and Edith and Joe worked six days a week and did not work on Saturday he, worked, he, he did work somehow on Sunday and Edith 
Uh, and he, and they, don't, they didn't know too much, but Joe and Edith let their kid like learn a little Judaism, and they went to Moshe Feinstein's house. If, if this Moshe Feinstein is born in Joe and Edith's house, who said he'd be better than them? And vice versa, who knows if that kid would have been born to the same parents as Moshe, they, he would have been even greater. We can never judge other people. So Torah scholars, even though they know their place, they have a, they don't look down at people. They don't, even if a person, it's like the polar opposite. The, uh, the chasm, the difference is very great. The chas v'kalila, now by the way, apparently, in the time of the time, there were younger Torah students who would d- disparage some of these Amiyarits, and they would call them chamorim, donkeys. <laughs> donkeys. A bunch of donkeys. And they know nothing. All you're doing is working all day. Like donkeys, by the way, in an agricultural society, are very important. They schlep everything for you. Well, you're a bunch of schleppers. That's what you are, you Amiyarits. You, your whole life is schlepping. What's your purpose? To schlep? Now, again, the forgetting anything theologically, the Rabbin points out the world needs all kinds of people. And as I mentioned to you before, even in the Renaissance, the reason why you were able to have an intelligent class for the first time in Europe since, since before the Dark Ages is because there were all kinds of people doing things and there was accumulated wealth. There's no question that all of the, the Torah, the, the people wearing clothes, they're eating, they're eating the bananas, the potatoes, the, 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 it's because of all kinds of people that they have it. So that's the Raman points out in his Pirish nice, of course, to appreciate everyone who helps you. But more than everyone who helps you, never look down on people because you don't know your starting point and theirs. And if you call a person a chamor, you actually take away their value and you're Marie de Melaklipas. The Gemara says that people, the Talmud says that people who did this, there were Torah scholars who did this, Lo Yizkin or The Gemara Nadar and Pe'al says, a Torah scholar denigrates and disparages other Jews, their children won't be Torah scholars. The Torah won't pass down to their own children um, if they if they uh, um, if if they do that, Ella Yisnagimar Rather, a person should act pleasantly, uh, according to the manner. Malchus, like the Tiferes, which goes out to Malchus. Malchus is the receptacle of all of the divine of flow in this world, in the world we live in, and you have to treat and act to everybody on uh, with Aniyas Daitan. Uh, whether the, the ladies who's like national concert, men, children, poor, everyone has to be treated with respect and appreciation for where they are. Let's say a person is feeble-minded, or nebuch, or, or or today we call it a spectrum, or offer ours. Person has has to go uh, has to give everyone the grass to cover. The great Torah scholars today and way back were never, never misguided. They never were arrogant uh, with their Torah. In partial inspiration, the Zara says that Rav Hamnuna was quoted often in, in the Zayhar that he would hide himself, he wouldn't be flamboyant or show off uh, his, his, his Torah. Uh, and even when he would share Torah with people about to do it, um, he would be. He would say it like maybe or perhaps, and sometimes he'd even you know go incognito 
or the Rav Chagai of Parsha Shlach, who also, when he came to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah, shared Torah thoughts, but acted like he was a nobody and no one knew who he was. Over um, Tikkunim and in Tikkun Ezayar, there was a Saba, the Baal Nishkele, there, there was an old, older person um, um, that they wanted to kiss because he was so great in Torah, and he left because he didn't want any honor for his Torah. It was, he wanted to share Torah, but not to. Not that he should be put on some form of pedestal for himself. Oid, and then, so that's the first thing that, that's very important. That we're, we're not we're not looking to be mischalila for a true Torah scholar. It's all about realizing the receptacle from Hashem and how they look to others and look at themselves is critical whether there will really be this receptacle for Torah or not. Also, a person who cares, a terrorist, true terrorist God, cares about a Kaddish Baruch Hu, cares about the Divine Presence in this world, and he wants to, he thinks about bringing Hashem into this world. A person studies Torah, they're bringing Hashem's presence into this world. And when they're learning Torah, they're looking for emes. Tiferes is emes, it's truth. And the machlik is when you argue for Torah study, has to be for the sake of heaven. Use some Kabbalistic terms, not a chesed of a guru level of Tiferes, but it means, it means that it has to be for the sake of truth. The call of Machlik is that a person diverges. And by the way, you know, as noted, I am going to Israel. Um, I am going to Israel this coming week, Bez Hashem. I will be no class next week, I'm going to Israel uh, to, block, uh, to block reform from coming to Israel as much as I can because. There are millions of Jews being lost in America from people who made decisions 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago, right? And reform less so, but the conservatives, certainly the early conservative movement, many of the people involved in it believed they were helping Judaism. You can read the response of 70, 80, I mean, conservative today is, a, is close to it. It's a dying movement completely. Reform is a Ponzi scheme because they have all kinds of non-Jews. But, but conservative is nothing right now. There's very few conservative Jews, you can look at this, the, the stats, throughout America. And the, the, when they left, when they left in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, by the 1960s, they already started going completely off. Um, there was response. Like, you look at these, I read them, why you can drive on Shabbos to synagogue, to temple. There were conservative response about driving to and, and justifications. And, and, and by the way, the early response from the conservative was only to synagogue. Nowhere else. You can drive direct from the suburbs to the synagogue. And, and, you know, but when you leave Torah, you leave MS. Now, those are great, great breakings. And by the way, as I said a few weeks ago, we love every Jew. We don't, we don't have a passport if you're Orthodox or conservative, reform, secular, or Hasidic, or Yeshivas, or Sephardi. We love Russian, American, you know, uh, uh, you know, English. Well, every Jew we love every because you love every Jew. You want them to have truth. <laughs> Somebody only loves what they want. They don't. They don't tell them the truth. Like, what kind of parent doesn't discipline a child? What kind of teacher just lets people go off the beaten track? You know, if you're 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 if you care about people's money, they're, they're investing it in in, in, in the mention of Ponzi and Bernie Madoff, and you know Bernie Madoff's going to take their money and waste it. Why would you not save people from? Investing in Bernie Madoff, so we can bl- help 
innocent Jews in Israel not buy into to fake systems, of course we have to help them. Um, but but so but when you have when you're learning Torah, even two people studying Torah together, and there's not a search for truth, or the fight goes a little off, it takes away from that Ashkenazi world. It's a big concept, right? A rabbi gets up and says it's about Torah, and it's not true. There's a little less Hashem in this world. It's, it's, you said something which is not Amis. You know, Reb Chaim Salavechik, the Briskarov, whole famous Salavechik family, when he, when he would say, when he felt that he would suddenly rip up his writings, because he felt there was a, a level of sheker, of untruth, a, a minutia. It, it's not just that it's, it's, what's the big deal? It's not so accurate. No, it's less Hashem in this world. Um, and, and it throws off the system. Because again, part of Kabbalah's feels that what you do and what I do, our actions are tremendously important in this world. And the person who owns Torah for Lekanter, for arguing for their own personal honor, or to be right, or, or, or to, you know, for whatever wrong reason, or even to fight about it, is poigim, it's, it's, it damages the world. Sometimes you have two different divergent views, and they're both elements of truth, but it's the shame Shemaim, Hillel and Shammai, Rav and Shmuel, Abai Virava, right? That will create more in the end Shkvoit Shemaim in the world. Vimichavin, a nice bit of a person just wants Torah for their own benefit, for their own honor. You're Pagim Amidazais. Because you won't live truth, it's you won't you won't your Torah won't be emes. She kodesh and on the contrary, you're making the Torah that you connect to mundane, mundane. Because if you learn Torah to bring Hashem into the world, to make Hashem happy, so to speak, praise is such a person their, their portion. and the most important thing. Um, and your learning Torah is to look what Hashem wants for you. Right? When you're studying Torah, when you're learning Torah, it is anything which is not true. This is how a person, by the way, keeps Torah. The, 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 the intellectual honesty that comes from it. And by the way, it could be something we're studying today, right? Sometimes we study something and it, we're not doing it 100%. And it, we, a person who's looking for MS will, will make a tweak, will make an adjustment. And if it's something which is impure, the way you're studying it or connecting to it, you'll, you'll, you'll retract it. And a person, Torah, which is Tiferes, is truth. Yaakov Amin was the midah of Torah, of Tiferes, of truth. Because truth, ultimate truth, uh, is Torah. That is the seventh parak, which is Tiferes, which is the focus on truth. You know, a little bit of this parak was talking to very big people when they studied Torah, but, but for all of us, um, understanding of who we are, what we're supposed to be doing, and what we, when we're studying Torah, it's not, it, it's, we're not, we're not academics. We're not, first of all, it's supposed to transform us. It's supposed to make us closer to Hashem. And that is malbash, though. That should clothe us with humility and year and awe of Hashem. It should also... I'm, I'm not make us look down at people, but make us self-aware that everything we are is but for Hashem. And then we can worry about 
studying Torah al Hashem Emes, the same truth, and to bring Hashem into the world. Whenever we study Torah, we bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the world. So thank you, everyone, tonight. Hopefully together we brought more Hashem into the world and this call that reverberates. So Yishakayach and a good night.